And hello and welcome everyone to another installment of the Comic Multiverse Where the Worlds of Nerd Meet. As always, I'm your host, Joel, and joining me is my partner in comic book crime, my good friend, who is uh, here with me on a special night. We don't usually go Saturday, but uh, we are, you know, shaking it up, seeing what it's like. Do you feel any different, Matt, doing this on Saturday? No, no not really, no. It just It's same same time, just like a different day. So same shit, different. I was going to start off by being like, it's a special Saturday edition of the comic <laughs> multiverse. What makes it special? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. But no, we're, we're glad we could come and do this because we took a couple weeks off and everything there for different reasons. So we're glad we can be here with you. Uh, thank you for joining us. If you've chosen to, we know you have a lot to do Saturday nights, a lot of options. And thank you, everyone who made uh, the Legion of Superheroes uh, retro hero video from two weeks ago the most successful video in that series so far yeah people really like that that one kicked ass in numbers people people were all about that one who who knew the real secret matt was just talking about uh legion of superheroes <laughs> apparently that that was the secret code to youtube success that yeah, neither of us that, have cracked that just was yet the secret in that algorithm that, yep. that we never know how to use that's that's the secret sauce well i think as we explained it if we were ever going to do a legion episode now is the time because they're in young justice the great darkness is a big thing in the comics right now yeah yeah, yeah. so now is really the best time to and a lot of nostalgia that that episode really let me know how old our fans are they're like oh i remember watching this mm -hmm. in 2004 2006 when i was a kid with the batman i'm like oh you were a kid in 2004 2006 <laughs> I'm an old man. In a couple of years, it's going to be creepy for me to hang out with you. <laughs> it, already, it already kind of is. <laughs> I, 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 I might be schmerty years old next month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for people who have wondered the age difference on that one, I'm, I'm staring down the barrel of schmerty and I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> Having a fucking existential crisis over here. <laughs> but enough about me, Matt. How, how have you been? pretty good just uh working away really hard we've um i've been uh working hard and so i haven't had much time to like read a lot of comic books but the ones i've read have been pretty good and i've been um uh oh what is it in my free time i've been like painting like my little warhammer figures i saw that's very cool and i yeah i like primed i took like a whole day to like prime them all and everything and then i've got to like put down all my base colors on them all and make sure i actually get them right this time mm. that's one of those hobbies where i'm like oh i gotta be really careful about mm. this because i'm sure if i got into it i might not be able to get out yes financially it'll financially ruin you <laughs> <laughs> i'll never financially recover from this we're all just <laughs> joe exotic never recover <laughs> <laughs> Man, speaking of Joe Exotic, did you see in that last episode of The Boys, they made a Joe Exotic yes. joke with Crimson Countess that was fucking hilarious? Yeah, yeah, I, I love her and her, her chimp. Mm. Uh, sanctuary. Uh, sanctuary and her, her song, Chimps Don't Cry. Yeah, I don't know what that says about me where I'm like, yeah, man, a chimp sanctuary is a much better idea than a tiger sanctuary is all I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> chimps will fuck you up. They'll oh, yeah. Fucking I mean... rip your face off and shit and... There was that video of the dude fucking with the orangutan. Yeah, and, and they like, like grabbed, grabbed his, his shirt. Arm. Yeah. Yeah, don't don't fuck with that guy. There's there's been a lot of news recently of animals fucking people up. Did you see that thing on Twitter about that elephant, elephant that killed yeah. yeah killed someone in a trampling and then crashed their funeral and <laughs> fucked up the coffin? He, yeah, the, he, that elephant fucking hated that woman. I, I don't know what that woman or like did. her family did. You know, she like build on like a secret burial ground or something or something 
elephants never forget for revenge. <laughs> I think that needs to be the next great action movie, Revenge Elephant. <laughs> I don't know what that lady did to make that elephant well, they so got that, they, they got that movie coming out about that bear who ate like all that cocaine and went crazy. Yes. So now you just I love need you. to do one about the elephant. Oh, you see, it's got to be a whole cinematic universe of animals getting into trouble. <laughs> you get that, you get the orangutan, you get that monkey that drinks the blue Powerade. I don't know if you saw yeah. that, but it's it's a monkey who keeps taking blue Powerade. Only the blue stuff. He won't drink the red stuff. Yeah, well, that stuff is like the super soldier serum to him. He, like, drinks that and he's able to, like, lift cars and shit. <laughs> yeah, you got to watch out with that. The, the delicious electrolytes <laughs> will refresh him and also make him intelligent so he can lead the ape uprising. <laughs> This is how it starts. This is how you get a Planet of the Apes. This is how it happens. <laughs> As the chat is reminding me, too, we, we kind of had an E3 this week, but it wasn't E3 because yeah. that didn't happen. So, like, there was four other smaller conferences. Yeah, it was, it was really funny because, like, I had planned to do live streams because I did a live stream mm. of the game like uh the game awards like at, at the start of the year yeah yeah and i was going to do one for this but i'd completely forgot when they were on so like i ended up waking up and being like oh that happened yeah oh same. okay it was actually kind of nice just to be like all right let me just go to ign and work backwards through yeah. all the trailers yeah yeah what uh what stuck out to you what did you like resident evil resident, resident evil 4 e it looks really cool. It looks like how I remember it, but also in the back of my mind, I'm like, this looks really serious. You you guys know Resident Evil 4 was kind of campy, right? It was kind of like <laughs> Evil Dead horror comedy. Well, I think they, 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 they try, they're going to fit it in with this, I guess, like, quote-unquote new canon, which is yeah. the, the remake of number two and three, and then yeah. four, and I imagine they'll keep continuing on to make it a bit more consistent with the later games. Yeah, maybe we'll make a five and six that are good this yeah, time. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> That's what it's really all about, to try and just fix five and six. Yeah, yeah. Man, Resident Evil 5 is a game that I played and beat several times <laughs> just because I was trying to trick myself into, you know, liking it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I, I was fine with it until, like, all, like, the end shit with, like, yeah. with like oh, Jill's here, and she's being controlled by Wesker, and then Wesker's the matrix uh, the matrix he's she's he's neo and then punching boulders and all that bullshit i'm like it's still kind of good it's still kind of fun it, it's almost as good as four it's almost as good as four it's not as good as four yeah and then number six just ruined it's just terrible and number six is just one of the they even tried to re-release that one and like fix what was wrong with it i'm like it's still broken yeah yeah where they're like, you know, we're, we're going to try and, like, cram as many different game styles in here as possible. Here's something that feels kind of like Resident Evil, and here's something that kind of feels like Call of Duty, and here's something that kind of feels like nothing. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a that's a real sad one. Uh, oh, yeah, the we're doing a new Dead Space. We saw some footage from yes. the new Dead Space. Yeah, they're, they're, they're remaking Dead Space as well, which looks cool. There's also a game coming out from the creator of Dead Space that's kind of looks like dead space called the callisto <laughs> protocol oh is that what that was yeah it looks really cool but like right i'm like yeah this, this is literally just dead space i i mixed that up in scorn which is another mm -hmm. game that's mm -hmm. been in development forever that looks like if hr geiger made doom yes yes it's gross this is this is a gross game it is it looks really gross i'm fine with that though i'm all on board with that uh flintlock was a new one i saw mm -hmm. that looked kind of cool you get an axe and magic and a gun and a little fennel fox buddy and i'm like oh this looks cool yeah looks really cool 
I'd play the shit out of this. I, I I love I'm an easy lay for that weird sort of like Napoleon era fantasy where yeah. there's like where there's like black powder weapons, but like magic and airships and stuff. It's a very, very specific genre like that and Greedfall and the New World are yeah. like in this very weird, very yeah. small genre. And yeah, yeah. And you say small because like, yeah, no one ever really does it. But when they do, it's always really interesting. It is. I'm all about that kind of shit. Anything that lets me have a musket, cast spells, and have a tri-corner hat. <laughs> I'm all about. Uh, that one was pretty good. Uh, ooh, uh, Redfall looked fine, even though, once again, I'm like, oh, it's another co-op shooter that's going to make me wish I had more friends, huh? See, see I, I didn't like any of those sorts of ones just because they they all look the same they're all like they okay we've do. got a cast here that they have to be quirky because quirky that's, and marketable. that's what we have to do because everything has to be that now i, I there's just too many of that, too much of that shit it, it is you're not wrong you're really not uh though i do think that mechanically that game had something interesting that i've not seen in any other vampire game and i appreciate it you can shoot the vampires as much as you want, but that only stuns them. You need to stab them in the heart yeah. to actually kill them. Yeah, that looks pretty cool, yeah. That is a cool system and also something that behooves a four-player multi-person game because it's like, okay, you're on shooting duty, I'm on stabbing duty. Yeah, yeah. That way we don't all just, you know, uh, use up all our ammunition. That was pretty cool. Uh, we saw Starfield finally, the big Bethesda microsoft thing i'm not gonna lie i was kind of fucking underwhelmed by it it just looks like no man's sky like that literally everything they showed you like someone did a comparison video and it was literally all the stuff you can do in no man's sky the only difference is it's got like maybe better graphics or like a different like art style i guess like the the gameplay i'm like this is this is just fallout 4 again this is all the stuff that was already showing its age for fallout yeah. 4 and there's no VAT system here where I'm no. like, oh my god, you expect me to play a Bethesda game with no VATs? Yeah, also you can't uh, actually fly your ship. Like, it's it's a transition thing, like it's a, a loading shooter, screen yeah. sort of thing, yeah. The ship customization, that's cool, but mm -hmm. I don't imagine that's going to be the whole game, nor does it look like no. it actually matters. It's, you no. know, strictly cosmetic. Yeah. All I could think is, like, when's Outer Worlds 2 coming? yeah yeah exactly that that game was funny that game you know leaned into weirdness and absurdity you know like fallout used to do yeah yeah oh it's funny because it was made by people who made fallout new vegas how how about that right this you know like two <laughs> this is like two two brothers stolen at birth and taken apart <laughs> you know one went one way one went another <laughs> Uh, Captain Coon helping us out in the chat. Resident Evil 5 and 6 are fun when you play them with a friend so you can have the dumbest fun with their bugs and jank. Yeah, probably. I never had anyone to play it with, but yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. And that was kind of it for big games. It was kind of like really understated. There was no like big new things, no big new series. It just kind of was what it was. Yeah, well, I think a lot of the big games have already been announced and it, like they just, yeah. they're coming out like next year sometime. Yeah. And we're still feeling the effects of COVID, too. Yeah. So, like, years, games that should be, like, able to be shown now can't be shown now. Yeah, because there's not been any work done on them. Because, yeah, because they're still fucking working on it and people couldn't get enough done from home. And even if they did, you know, uh, good luck playing your next-gen games on a next-gen console because most people still can't fucking get one. Yeah, yeah. Evil West looks fun. That one actually comes out fairly soon. Uh, yeah, pretty soon, yeah. 
you know what that looked like to me? I'm like, wow, this looks like a really great cult PS2 game that everyone talks about, only yeah. it's new and coming out now. Yeah, you're so so right about that, yeah. Exactly. This this looks like something where it's like you would just pick it up off the shelf at Blockbuster and be like, oh, man, that was pretty cool. Hey, man, you remember that one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the chat also reminding us Final Fantasy VII now has like three different spinoff games. There's the actual sequel. There's the Crisis Core mm -hmm. remake. There's the Fortnite alike. And then there's like the chibi one. Yes, and I'll probably be playing all of them. I'm playing through uh, yeah. uh, Strangers in Paradise at the moment. The, the Chaos, nice, yeah. Chaos one gonna fucking and kill chaos yeah it's so stupid it's so fucking stupid it, it looks fun and you know i heard it like is, a, yeah. I think it was i think it was like klemps who said it where it's like you know guys you know enjoying things ironically in camp isn't just for north american audiences japan can also have fun with dumb bullshit too and maybe that's exactly what this is yeah I, it, oh it absolutely is yeah it, it it's a lot of fun to play like I, I love being able to like just immediately change your class like on the fly that's good which is really cool and there's like lots of fun like combinations of classes you can have and everything which is cool i am a big fan of the job system i mean i'm a guy who my favorite final fantasy is the fucking tactics games for crying <laughs> out loud so i love me a good ass job system yeah also yeah i cannot believe they're remaking crisis core the psp game Kinda all these sense. years later it i guess does because I mean, it's, it's all like, part of the same story yeah and it's like backstory and stuff for like mm -hmm. cloud and zach and all that sort of stuff yeah again if you're a final fantasy fan you know your your cup runneth over yeah and also there's going to be another final fantasy 2 where you're basically playing a witcher by the looks of it yes that's uh the new one that comes out next year which looks yeah, really yeah. fucking cool it's like the proper it, next gen one it, it really does it looks pretty fucking crazy i'm not gonna lie yeah I, uh, speaking of games, I uh, for Saints Row, that new one that comes out in October, November, I can't remember. Mm -hmm. They released the uh, the boss factory so you can actually make your create a character now, save oh, nice. it, and then import it when the game comes out. Oh, that's cool. It's a great idea. Here's the problem, though, because it's like a new game and a new setting. They changed all the bosses, like default voices, so Robin Atkin Downs, the Cockney one, isn't there anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, Cockney Boss was the best. Well, here's the thing. Male Cockney Boss is gone. Female Cockney Boss is in now. What? So there is an English voice. It's just only for the female. The male voice pack actually gets kind of like a southern drawl voice where I'm like, well, we're playing in Vegas, New Mexico, so I guess if you're going to have one person do a funny voice, that makes sense. Still, still. The British voice was the best in my head canon. That game is a hundred percent funnier when the boss is British for yeah. no reason. Yeah, yeah. No, he, American... he's, he's a British British boss of like an inner city American yeah. gang. <laughs> Again, the fact that it makes no sense only makes it funnier. I only picked the British voice in that because I just <laughs> love him strolling on in like fucking Billy Butcher, and it makes no sense why nah. he's British. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. But, uh, yeah, so I guess there's your gaming news, everyone. I do promise we do actually have comic news. We are a comic podcast. Yes, yes. And uh, let's hop into that now because we got about two weeks' worth of news to catch up on. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess the biggest piece of news since we were away is they dropped a much more full Black Adam trailer. They did, and uh, tone for it's kind of all over the place. It really, really is. I get the feeling that when they first made this project with The Rock, they knew they were going to go. They knew where they were going to go with it. 
Then 2016 to 2022 hit, and they're like, oh, fuck, guys. I don't think we can sell a fun action blockbuster for the whole family where the main character is a strongman dictator. Shit, 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 shit. <laughs> it would seem in really bad taste now, huh, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, see, I, I don't ever think that was ever going to be what the black adam film was going to be because that's the complete antithesis of what the rock's whole persona is absolutely like he can't be that bad yeah yeah he he can never he can never be a villain like he tried no. that and the result was the mummy too which is a good movie but it, yeah shit character yeah and doom don't forget he was the oh, bad yeah. guy in doom yeah yeah that's true that's true i i, I unironically fucking love him as the bad guy in he's doom. pretty cool he's pretty good yeah it's, it's hilarious, too, because he got over as a wrestler being a bad guy, talking about candy asses and poontang pies. Yeah, yeah but, like, current day, uh, The nope, Rock hasn't hasn't been a villain for, like, years, decades. Yep, too <coughs> squeaky clean. The, the thing they seem to have settled on is, like, well, he's a superhero who kills people, and I'm like, dude, have you not watched the other DC movies? <laughs> like most of your kills people. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not what you think it is. Yeah, if this was, like, the first DC film, I'd be like... Okay, so you've set a precedent so that other heroes don't kill, but yeah, no. every other film uh, ha had heroes just obliterating people. Aside from maybe Shazam, and I guess they yeah. still technically maybe want him to be a Shazam villain, so maybe that will still work in their little bubble, but still, it's kind of hilarious for them to be like, I'm a hero who kills, I don't give a shit. I'm like, yeah, did you not see this Superman? Did yeah. you not see the Batman from this world? Yeah, and it's even funnier that it's someone like Hawkman telling him that. And it's yes, like, you're Hawk. fucking Hawkman. <laughs> yeah, who is usually one of the most violent members yeah. of the Justice League. He has a spiked mace that he yeah. caves people's heads in with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that being said, the JSA looks great. Their they costumes do. look great. They look fantastic. It's almost like, shit, can we just get the JSA spinoff already, please? It really, like, this trailer really like felt like, it's like, oh, so the JSA are, like, going to be, like, a huge part of this film. And yes. this is probably going to be some sort of spinoff like like a jumping off point for them to have a spin-off yeah, absolutely but yeah it looks fine but like you said the morality of the movie and like the general tone they're going with seems all over the fucking place yeah and I, as i said on twitter it's a, it's a thousand percent uh the rocks doing of like why like black adam even in the comics was changed into more of sort of yes. like a light-hearted hero yep to match which is such a shame because he's fascinating when he is this weird, like, conflicted, you know, I'm a dictator, but, you know, but for the greater good, I defend my people, mm -hmm. but I'm willing to kill. You know, it's, him and Doctor Doom are very much yeah. in the same boat of you never know if I'm going to be a good guy or a bad guy. I can literally flip at a moment's notice, and I do. Yeah, yeah. You never know what Black Adam you're getting. It's it's a shame, too, because it's like, ah, oh, movie fans are never going to get that really complex take on the character now because the dc universe has been built up the way it is yeah oh and as well because the rock is playing him and because the rock would never want to play a character who if was it was someone else if it was like mark strong or someone mm. then we'd be like yeah we'd be getting a villainous black adam <laughs> it's a shame we've already tapped mark strong multiple times in the <laughs> dc universe and yeah. we can't keep doing it yeah i do it a third time it's the mark strong averse now he's yeah. just gonna play everyone he's playing savannah and black adam <laughs> yeah, he's a talented guy he can do it i believe him <laughs> you know he's just a great actor he has one of the greatest actors of our generation <laughs> him and his spooky tooth 
Now, uh, speaking of villains, and we were, especially villains as the leads, around the same time we heard news that the Thunderbolts movie that we all assumed had to have been coming down the pipeline in the MCU eventually yep. is apparently entering actual real deal production, and it's starring basically everyone you thought it was going to star, plus also Bucky. Yeah, yeah, hey, he, he kind of makes sense. I mean, he is the harder-edged one, and because he's not Captain America now, he can do more, you know, morally complex uh, Winter Soldier stuff. Of course, then again, wouldn't it be interesting if it is a movie about the Thunderbolts and they need a hero to go fight to basically mm -hmm. be their heroic antagonist? Yeah. Wouldn't it be interesting if that was Bucky? Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, they try and tempt him to become like, right. well, you know, US agent kind of shit the bed with being Captain mm -hmm. America. Do, do you maybe want to have a chance at that? Yeah, you want to join us? That would be cool. Yeah. So, some of them are kind of weird, too, where it's like, oh, hey, we got the new Black Widow and everything. She's like, what? Well, didn't she kind of learn a lesson by the end of that Hawkeye show? I wouldn't <laughs> consider her evil by the end of that. No, no. Well, then again, like, the Thunderbolts, like, I, again, I saw lots of people comparing them to the Suicide Squad, and they're, they're nothing like the Suicide Squad, because the Suicide Squad are all people who are forced yeah to work coerced, on this yeah. team whereas this thunderbolts team isn't really that it's like people no. who, it's like reformed villains and like a lot of them yeah. people who want to do it and it's usually the higher ups who have no like thunderbolt ross and all that who have yeah. very gray uh morals morality and yeah it's, it's usually like people like they're getting something out of being on yeah. this team yeah yeah they're like well, they're holding something over their head which is interesting in its own way where it's like you know what what do you want yeah so, yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see where they go with this one, especially because, you know, we have seen so many of these characters like Zemo, who is super enjoyable and everyone else where it's like, yeah, I'd, I'd hang out with them again for another movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for it. I, uh, I need some more Pew in my life. I'll, uh, I'll take some Florence Pew if you're <laughs> given Florence Pew. I'll watch her because she's just lovely. Yeah. Have you seen I think it's like a like a Vogue Britain piece she does like a whole tasting board of famous british meals and it's just her eating <laughs> uh british food in a pantsuit and just being wonderful <laughs> that's great i know she go does like cooking tiktoks or something oh nice yeah go check that out everyone if you haven't it's very fun <laughs> i was just, i was just happy to take that ride also uh be sure to check out uh chris uh, evans playing with puppies while answering questions that was another one that hit the internet this week <laughs> That was another very big one. He he was so stoked on that one. He kept talking about it on Twitter. Like, hey, you know what? When my puppy video comes out, you all got to watch it. It's the most fun I've ever had in an interview. <laughs> and I bet because, you know, when you do those big, you know, media scrums and they ask you the same fucking questions a million times in a hundred different languages. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be really tiresome. Yeah. Can I just have a goddamn puppy to pet, please, while I do this? <laughs> That'd be fun uh all right what else we got going on this week oh here was a really surprising one the spot was finally announced as the big bad for across the spider-verse yeah kind of makes sense again a villain who is made up of portals portals are obviously going to be playing a huge part in this movie it makes sense mm -hmm. though it is kind of funny too because it's like man the spot has barely done shit in like 20 years worth of comic book stories and now he gets this massive glow up to be the villain of one of the most hotly anticipated movies which means in the upcoming spider-man stories he's going to be a big threat again we're probably going to see the spot come back in a big way i think he's like in the carnage book right now i think someone mm -hmm. was trying to tell me okay which is interesting so clearly they're laying the groundwork for him to come back again yeah yeah 
I mean, yeah, I can imagine some really awesome, you know, animated fight scenes with the spot. Oh, yeah, you can get really creative with him since everything, you can disappear stuff through his portals and bring it back mm-hmm. through another portal. And He's also one of the few villains who does not set off Spider-Man's spider sense because if he starts a punch in another dimension, he can't feel it. Yeah. You know they're going to build that up, right? Like, oh, he doesn't set off my spider sense. He can attack me anywhere at any time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which has always been the thing about the spot, where it's like, if you gave his power to someone who's not a fucking idiot, he'd be terrifying. He, he would be, yeah. But that's always been the thing. The spot is the spot's worst enemy because he is a dumbass. I really, I, I love that that trope in comics where, like, a real dumbass gets, like, the god powers power. of god powers. Yeah, yeah. Just... Friggin' uh, Absorbing Man and yeah. Mirror Master come to mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, two people who, if they ever had any will to like apply their knowledge of what mm-hmm. they have they could end the entire fucking world they'd be unstoppable hell uh, mark wade even did that in his last uh, daredevil run where he introduced the coyote who was a villain who stole the spot's power so he could like you know smuggle people and drugs and everything all over the world and he became like this massive cartel kingpin off the back of it awesome that's so cool it's a good idea, and again, like, that's Mark Wade saying, like, look, if any other person had the spot's power, there'd be no stopping them. <laughs> so it's actually probably a good thing this dummy has yeah. them. Yeah. Or else, you know, they'd be fucking terrifying. Uh, all right, after that, uh, ooh, War World Apocalypse to lead into the big return of kal I don't know if you knew this, anyone, but Superman is coming back to Earth. Shocking, I know. Yeah, sh- sh- everyone thought he wasn't, and he was never going to come back, but yeah, no, of yes. course he was. Again, because so many people have never read a comic before in their life, apparently, and are super okay broadcasting this fact on the internet for everyone to see and hear. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's coming back. Uh, we've got the, the special issue, the War World Apocalypse, which is like the yeah. wrap-up ending. And then it goes into an event called The Return of Kal-El, mm-hmm. which is going to, which... I think, take place over the Son of Kal-El book, action comics, and maybe something else. I'm not sure. Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah. I've really been liking what Philip Kennedy Johnson has been doing with War World Saga, and I'm interested to see what he's going to be doing with a more traditional, down-to-earth Superman. Yeah, well, he's bringing um, Metallo is going to be the new villain. Like, he's doing oh. what he did with uh, Mongol for Metallo. Oh, breathing fresh life into them. I like that. Yeah, man, he completely made me think differently about Mongol. Yes, yeah. He, he the, the way he's been building Mongol with all this lore and everything is so good. I love that annual issue that Cy Spurrier helped co-write where it's like, actually, here, let us contrast and compare the upbringings yes. of young Superman and young Mongol and their mothers, especially. Yeah, it was great, eh? Yeah, it really was where it's like, hey, you know what makes Mongol so terrifying? It's not that he's some sort of evil nihilist fascist. He is, but it's only because he was an idealist before this and, yeah. and War World and his parents literally him. beat it out of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And to, like, compare Mongol to that bully to be like, man, you know, if young Mongol had only met Superman earlier on in life, I bet Superman could have saved him from himself, couldn't he have? Yeah, he'd be able to start some sort of war world soccer team. Yeah, or something, yeah. It's like, (laughs) all right, normally you guys get it out by killing each other, now we're going to get it out with soccer. Yeah, they become, like, the best soccer team in all of the galaxy. In the galaxy. Now, look, you can still have soccer riots, though. Again, we're not expecting you to not have that. That (laughs) comes with the territory. (laughs) You call this a sucker riot? I'll show you a sucker riot. <laughs> Let's take him to school, boys. 
but yeah, that uh, that sounds good. I'm really interested in that. Yeah, I mean, I think when you break it down, I think Warworld Saga will probably be on my best of list this year, unless Absolutely. it completely drops the bag at the end. Yeah, I don't think it will, though. No, I don't think so either. Also, I think when this is collected, this is going to be one of those evergreen Superman stories where you can be like, read Warworld Saga. Yeah, it's going to be up there with uh, like your stuff like uh, War of Krypton and up yeah. up and away all the stuff that's like a definitive sort of superman story because it's so yeah. different but so the same it as is. well and you really don't need to know much to pick it up no it's pretty damn self-contained which is something that superman books have not been for a while yeah so that's fun uh what else we got going on here uh oh tim drake robin will actually be getting a brand new solo series from megan fitzmartin that's the woman who, of course, was writing the Tim Drake backup stories and I think wrote that Pride special with mm -hmm. him, too, which they which they actually collected into a thing that came out this week, which was just Tim Drake special, where you can catch up on all the, like, uh, Batman Urban Legend anthology. I was going to pick it up, but I also kind of had to laugh to myself, too, that they just call it Tim Drake special, not Robin special or Red Robin special. I'm like, you don't even know who he is anymore, DC. <laughs> this guy is special. <laughs> He's here. He's really special, Tim Drake, and we want you to read all about him. I guess this makes sense because apparently uh, the next Batman run will also be featuring Tim Drake as Robin. Yeah. Apparently that's a big thing Zdarsky wants to do. Yeah, he, he's coming back as Robin, which is really funny because technically Damien came back as Robin at the end of that uh, Shadow War series. Yeah, but not for long, though, because they're going to no. be fighting in September. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, Jesus Christ, get your fucking Robins in order, guys. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, it should be interesting. I know, what is it, that this is like a controversial thing now, because it's like, oh, you know, they uh, had uh, Tim Drake come out as bisexual. I've always said, if they were going to do that, he should have had a series to explore it with from the jump. It shouldn't yeah. have been littler stories and urban legends if you were going to do it you really should have committed to it out of the gate this feels like a late commitment is what oh, this feels especially like. when like the urban legends tales can maybe be considered like out of continuity because they're in like an anthology book there's there's a lot of picking and choosing where it's like okay this yeah. tim drake thing is canon because we're spinning that off into a story this asriel thing is canon because we're spinning that off into a story what about everything else yeah yeah probably not <laughs> pick and choose you know have what you want it's yeah. all good i'll definitely be picking up the first issue because first issues usually always do great especially something mm -hmm. like this that everyone's kind of going to have their eyes on yeah yeah uh bruce campbell apparently is going to be penning a story he's going to be penning a sergeant rock in the monsters miniseries yeah I, I got really excited about this i love sergeant rock yeah pa uh, pizza papa writes his comics yeah <laughs> comic papa if you will <laughs> everybody gonna read <laughs> yeah this uh this seems fun again i has campbell written anything else is this like this can't possibly be his first like writing thing yeah i'm i'm not too sure i would have to assume he's written something maybe an evil dead comic or something that makes sense yeah again it's it's been a long time since we've had like a big celebrity writes a comic i know mm -hmm. lr stein wrote a man thing thing yep. and uh what is it? We had a Captain Mystery Box and his kid writing something as well, J.J. Abrams. <laughs> yeah, CM Punk writes a bunch of comics as well. That's right, he does. Hasn't written for a while, but yeah, he wrote no. Shang-Chi and he wrote Drax. Yeah. He can't do that now because he's back wrestling. He's AEW champion right now. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then he also tore his freaking peck, unfortunately, which means... I heard about that. Yeah. We got to do a whole interim champion thing. So by the end of the month, it's either going to be John Moxley or uh, Tanahashi from New Japan, which I'm pretty damn sure it's going to be John Moxley. They're not going to have a guy who's got to keep coming back and forth from Japan be their champ. Yeah. But that also ties into a bigger story from New Japan where, like, John Moxley wrestled all the greats in Japan except for Tanahashi. <laughs> so they're finally going to have that. That's, that's Forbidden Door, everyone, at the end of the month. I'm very excited for that. Even though, like, half the AEW roster has either come down with injuries or had other wrestling companies be like, no, 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 we're pulling our stars. <laughs> you you can't have Andrade and the Lucha Brothers because of weird Mexican wrestling promotion rules. Jeez. Oh, and you can tell they're pissed off because they're getting pissed off in English about it. <laughs> I am so mad I'm speaking English right now <laughs> to register my disgust. But yeah, Sergeant Rock should be cool. Been a long time since we've got a Sergeant Rock story. Yeah, yeah, it has been. And I, I love me a good weird war story, a good paranormal war story. It's yeah. a good mix. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and Bruce writing it should be pretty. It should be like kind of funny as well. Yeah, you would think the guy would know horror and would know tongue-in-cheek comedy. Yeah. Now, uh, moving on from there to probably the biggest story that's been developing in the two weeks that we're gone. Uh, we we joked about this in past episodes, but I think this is officially the point where it all stops being funny. Uh, Ezra Miller, star, quote-unquote, of the upcoming Flashpoint movie, uh, has basically been a one-person crime wave for the last few months. <laughs> Punching out karaoke singers, breaking into old people's houses in Hawaii, and just generally being a nuisance. Well, this story took an even darker turn this week as multiple allegations of grooming underage women and maybe kidnapping of a woman, too, who she's 18, but her parents are like, no, 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 no. She was definitely kidnapped by this guy who we know is violent. And it's like, well, you know, maybe maybe it's not as bad as all that. You know, she seems to have ran away from these parents who seem to be kind of shitty, even if it did bring her into the arms of a person who's also violent and kind of shitty. But now Miller apparently for some reason took to Instagram to taunt the police <laughs> and say that they cannot be caught. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just can't. Is, is this like, is, is it some like form of like, advanced like arg like for for right? the flash <laughs> it's it's too insane to be real is what it is where it's like how the fuck is this actually happening bland man thank you for helping us out insert flash missing vanishes in crisis joke oh oh they disappeared in a crisis all right in a fucking big crisis yeah it's like holy shit like i like yeah at first it was like they were just like uh, wreaking havoc through Hawaii, throwing chairs at people, and no. and that was bad enough. And then yeah, all this other shit came out, and Ooh. holy shit! Who boy? Uh, the main fallout from this is uh, apparently, according to Deadline, again, I don't know if anyone else reported this, but Deadline certainly reported it. Is that the internal talks at Warner Brothers is we are we are done with Ezra Miller after this. We will not be working with uh, them going forward. But I guess we still have to release this goddamn Flash movie after all the time and money and rewrites and new directors we fucking pumped into it. What what Which, what really surprised me was like the like how delayed their response was. Oh yeah, because they, they they didn't talk about any of the other stuff with him like punching out women no, and breaking no, 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 into no. people's homes or anything. And it was only this that they seemingly released like half a statement sort of thing. Yep. 
this is this is totally again man the, the fucking boys nays, nails this so well with Vought where they're just like you know these evil corporate overlords wait and see wait and see I bet it can't get worse I bet it can't get worse hopefully people will forget oh my god it's getting worse oh my god what do we do fuck 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 <laughs> It only got worse, Jesus Christ. And it's even funnier, too, because Warner Brothers is like, re really, the goddamn DC universe in it's the cursed. movies is, it's the most cursed they ran over like right ran over like a witch or something. Or something, yeah. yeah, absolutely, who's cursed their family from here to eternity. Because they're like, you know, well, we're going to make a big deal about what moral upstanding people we are by editing that nasty woman, Amber Heard, out of Aquaman. You don't have to worry about her, everyone. Uh, what about Ezra Miller and all the crimes there? Can you, well, it's going to be harder to get them out of the movie. And, you know, we're kind of putting a lot on this. We're really only about taking moral stands when it's easy, you see. And also, it's really much easier to take things away from a woman who's unpopular right now. So, you know, mm, yeah. what are you going to do, right? <laughs> what are you going to do? Also, what about uh, what about Leto and Leto's cult island? Eh, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're over here. We're making new Joker stuff. Joker 2. It's going to be a musical with Lady Gaga, everyone. Catch the fever. <laughs> Which, seriously, can we talk about that for a minute? Joker 2 is going to be a fucking musical. That's going to confuse all of the all of the gamers. Oh, yeah. I cannot, I cannot wait for that. I am so, so excited for the future that we'll soon be living in, wherein pretentious film bros and 13-year-old five edgy me Joker fans are going to have to defend the fact that the, I've always loved musicals and I've always loved show tunes and the Joker is the best musical show tune movie ever and I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> That's... That's going to be so fun. In fact, it's almost a great joke in and of itself, really, is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's, like we're, it's so good. It's it's the best joke. It's funnier than anything from that first movie. And you know what? Here, I, I had a lot of problems with the Joker movie, but I will freely admit the weird, like, you know, song choice, super on the nose needle drops where it's like, oh, send in the clowns, you know, the clown named Carnival. That was the only thing I genuinely kind of liked about that first movie. So I... <laughs> really cannot wait for them to you know lean into that a hundred percent in fact hey what what clown and laughing theme songs do you want i i think we need laughing in there uh by the guess who we need uh i started a joke by the bgs we need that in there what um what ones have been in scorsese films because it's obvious that oh todd phyllis is just ripping off scorsese films oh of course oh yeah absolutely yeah i mean all of the i mean hey scorsese movies have fucking great soundtracks i actually <laughs> rewatched uh casino and goodfellas on netflix while i was working i'm just like god damn what amazing soundtracks yeah they're pretty good soundtracks goodfellas especially it's just like here's four great songs back to back to set the mood within the span of like five minutes yeah because again you know the the music lets you know about the person's state of mind yes also hell i'll even go a step further i'm actually kind of interested to see what lady gaga could potentially bring to harley quinn because obviously that's probably who she's gonna play yeah yeah well, a version of harley quinn and all i can imagine is like her, her doing her voice from uh that gucci film she was House in with gucci. yeah yes please <laughs> Oh my god, Mr. And I just J, laughed because oh I know she got like awards for that and everything. And I'm like, sure really? Did. Seriously? Seriously. The best part about that too is, you know, when I do this voice, it's not really a put on because I'm kind of from the part of the world that, uh, you know, Harley Quinn is supposed to be from. 
I'm kind of weirdly from the similar background, so it's actually not weird when I do it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's going to be a hilarious mess. I can't wait for it. <laughs> I cannot I cannot wait for it. Yeah, as Functorial says, I hope awful anti-woke people have to suddenly defend musicals. Also, yes. Yeah, uh, that's going to happen. I cannot wait for it. Yeah, I, I love musicals, and I love show tunes so much. You know, Singing in the Rain fucking love it's my jam bro all about it <laughs> uh, rocky horror picture show it's great great soundtrack of my life <laughs> <laughs> also too i i legitimately unironically love musicals i love the big musicals i love the fucking small ass fringe musicals like goddamn repo the genetic opera mm -hmm. and like across the universe and shit like that i love that shit uh, i bet you love this week's boys episode then as well <laughs> Yes, absolutely. When they stopped and did a goddamn Judy Garland number, I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> in fact, they kind of did two musical numbers because they did that. And then in the new Miss Marvel, they also did kind of like a Bollywood mashup but yeah. with like a popular American standard. And I'm like, oh, yeah, see this. This is the culture stew that Miss Marvel is all about. Yeah. Also, it's definitely the Nega Band, right? We're, we're in agreement. It definitely has to be the Nega Band. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's something like that, and she's definitely an inhuman, like I've been saying the whole time, but people are quick to say that she wasn't because she can't stretch, but it's obvious she can. And Could could be an inhuman, could also maybe be a Cree thing, because I know, uh, what is it, Star, who's a woman who we saw in the trailer, she's the woman who speaks in sign language mm -hmm. and everything. Star is a character from the newer Captain Marvel run who was like a Kree scientist who was working on experimenting with humans. Yeah, well, they do mention that the power is coming from within her and being focused by the band in that yeah, last episode. So, yeah. I, I think they're going to surprise us where they end up going with it. I really do. Mm -hmm. uh, Bland Man helping us out again. Thank you. Can't wait for cops to look at me funny in the theater again while I watch Joker 2. Did that happen to you? Is that a real... <laughs> What the fuck are the cops doing with their time? Yes, we need you two, Officer Jenkins, Officer Murphy, to go stake out the 10 o'clock showing of the Joker. Make sure nothing happens. <laughs> Look for single white men. <laughs> mm -hmm. Watch out for single white males. Give them a very hard time. <laughs> uh, Magmaster saying, watch Bob's Burgers movie. It's got a great, mu it's got great musical numbers into it. Man, you know, Bob's Burgers is one of those things where that's like another hole in my geek armor. I have enjoyed every episode I have watched when I caught it on TV back when I had TV, but I never finished it. Now they actually have like a pretty goddamn good looking theatrical movie. And I feel like I should support it because that's the sort of thing I like to support. I, 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 I've only seen clips of it and every, every clip I've seen, it's like, ah, oh, that's really funny, but I've never seen a full yeah. episode of it. Yeah, I, I, well, here's the thing. I remember when it debuted on Fox because it was like one of the last years I still had TV and everything to it. <laughs> Bland man saying I'm Hispanic, so that might have something to do with it. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, they have the little cards where it's like white, 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 darker shade of brown, dangerous. Mm. That Family Guy sketch, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, a lot of Family Guy aged poorly. That one shockingly fucking accurate. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking police thing, but... Uh, yeah, again, you know, Bob's Burgers. I remember when it aired on, like, Fox back when, like, the last couple of years when I still had Satellite. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. A little weird and outside the box, though. I imagine this will be a one-season wonder at Fox that, you know, will get a cult following like so many other shows have. Nope, fucking going strong all these years. I was wrong. <laughs> good, good on you, show, for proving me wrong. Never have I been more happy to be wrong about a show. <laughs> good, good on you guys. 
Uh, all right, and our last piece of news this week. This is kind of a sad one, but uh, Tim Sale, legendary comic book artist, passes away at the age of 66. That's yeah. uh, that's a sad one. Yeah, and it was so quick as well, because I think Very a couple quick. of days before, we heard that he got admitted to hospital. Mm-hmm, for, mm-hmm. for so I'm not sure if they've announced like how or why he was uh, yeah, uh, admitted or why he passed or anything, but yeah, he was just admitted to hospital and then he died. Yeah, he he seemed like the sort of dude who was gonna pull through on it, but yeah, that's uh, that's a real tragedy. That's hey, you know, got to tell the people you love, you love them while you can, because you never know when yeah. something like this might happen. Yeah, that's uh, that's a real real bummer. But you know, a man man left an absolute legacy of amazing art behind that you know will not be forgotten. Yeah, I mean, especially now too. You know, obviously with. Uh, what is it long halloween getting uh the whole movie yeah. treatment there and everything and it's getting re-released in october or there's like a special or something yeah yeah like the big sp- yeah that's right we talked about this i'm like really why are we going back to this but still either way you know that was pretty fucking cool superman for all seasons mm-hmm. uh the kryptonite uh edition and everything else i think is still out there that you can get but yeah obviously yep. dude dude leaves behind a hell of a legacy spider-man blue of course which yes. i know is some people's favorite spider-man story yeah everyone was talking about that and you know it's a story that wouldn't even have been half as good if not for the art that really you know evokes a time and place and you know evokes a certain feeling yeah that's that's what I would say is the real, you know, power of his art to evoke a feeling. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, R.I.P. Tim Sale will truly be missed. If you've not checked out any of his work, you should definitely check it out. Definitely, definitely. Uh, all righty, then. So I guess with that done, we can talk about what we read this week. Uh, it was a lighter week, thankfully, which means maybe, you know, we won't be talking forever about this. Yeah. Where uh, where would you like to begin, Matt? Uh, let me have a look at what I read this week. Um what i read i read oh well we'll talk about superman son of kal-el since we talked about that just a little bit before yes yes we did uh, my video is not up yet i just recorded the audio before we got on here but yeah this this was a really great episode or issue in fact i would say it's probably my favorite issue of this series in a while because it ties together several uh, really interesting threads it does doesn't it sure does uh, we actually see john dropping off the firebase post-human who he had saved at the end of the previous issue from bendix control now he basically knows uh how bendix you know his rising plan is working and everything and they do something really interesting here taylor does where john is like i really sympathize with these post-humans because i know firsthand what it's like to be kidnapped and tortured and you know tried to be yep. turned to the dark side and everything and i'm like oh yeah that is what happened to you that that happened so long ago and so many writers are afraid to even like mention that yeah. sometimes that that's why john got aged up i'm like wow taylor you not only did it but you made like really good sense of it too yeah it's almost like if you just like let it happen naturally and organically yeah you can you can actually do something pretty fucking cool with that yeah uh crypto comes back into the story which i guess they need to do because super pets comes out at the end of next month so they got to get him in as many stories as yeah. they can yeah kind of makes sense he'd come back as well yeah absolutely and it has a great thing too where they're like oh no the safe house is under attack bendix is trying to kill us again oh no wait it's just the dog it's just the dog that doesn't understand what's happening <laughs> no no just comes running on in as friggin dogs do and it's very very adorable <laughs> 
Uh, they know if they're going to try and get Bendix without starting a war or an international incident, they're going to have to actually get him saying something incriminating. And the only way to do that is to go after his ally, Lex Luthor. But obviously, John and them aren't going to be let into the building. So they let brand new rich Nightwing do it. Yeah. yeah I, again, it's, like, it's it's really cool seeing John and like his friends use like uh like like a lois lane investigative journalist way Very. of dealing with something like again they, we could have had this issue where like he teams with batman and jay and mm. they sneak into LexCorp and everything and they got to go through the traps and everything but now mm -hmm. we'll just send the now rich uh dick to deal with lex and lex will because lex wants more revenue streams and yep. wants to like uh use dick to like up his own fix game his and PR, yeah. yeah fix his pr and everything it, it ties in beautifully, too, with Nightwing, because Nightwing's whole reason for being there is like, hey, ever since I tried to fix Bloodhaven, people keep trying to kill me. Can I get some of those rising super weapons, maybe? Can you hook a fellow rich guy up, Lex? <laughs> and I'm like, damn, that's really fucking smart. I also like that Lex is being nice to Dick in this story, but you can see that he's seething under the surface, yeah. where it's like, ooh, you got money from a guy who still worked as a butler, even though he was a billionaire. That makes me fucking sick. <laughs> I could never. Also, too, unlike Bruce, who gives money to the community but does it like a rich guy, you know, by, you know, making the smartest choice possible. You, you, you're burning through your fortune like you actively want to be poor again. Ooh. <laughs> Can't fucking stand you guys. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Again, is, yeah. you, we haven't really seen Dick in a situation like that, him having to rub elbows with other rich guys now that he is a rich guy. Yeah, it's, it's really quite cool. Uh, they eventually find out that Bendix has a senator in their back pocket that, you know, they're hoping that if they can out this guy uh, via the truth and on national television, maybe that will finally, you know, deliver a big hit to Bendix. Unfortunately, uh, what happens is shit goes really sideways really quick. Yeah, apparently the senator is under control of yeah, he, Bendix. He's got like the little brain thing in. He, he is a post-human weapon, which I really liked, like, the subtle, not-so-subtle nuances of that, where it's like, oh, so you mean to tell me that within the American government there exists people who not only support and sympathize with a fascist dictator like Bendix, but, oh, they are actual creations of such a messed-up system. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, boy, you're, you're saying the quiet parts loud now, Taylor. <laughs> and it goes even further because Bendix, this is the best part of the issue where Bendix literally explains to John what the rising is all about. And it's like, it's not just about selling super weapons to the highest bidder. The fact is you never consider that people around the world already believe in me mm -hmm. and believe in my plan to try and reshape the world, you know, via superhuman muscle independent of you and your superhero morality because, you know, they they see you as a freak and a monster because you're a half human, half alien. And, you know, yep. they they wouldn't let you save them from a burning building, even if you were the only one. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. And also. He's an openly bisexual man, too, so that's also the yes. subtext on that, too, that some people are so married to their own hatred they'd happily get in bed with a monster like Bendix yep. just so they wouldn't have to deal with John. And I'm like, fuck, that is a that is a power punch of a right is what that is. It's great tying it all together, and a lot of people probably won't un like get that until it's like no. a, revealed a little bit more down the line. No, yeah, that's like a real understated thing. That's like, oh, Bendix is saying one thing, but he means another thing. Yeah, yeah. Is what he does. And uh, Jay swoops on in to save him by activating his pay, uh, phase powers, and he does. 
unfortunately he gets unmasked in doing so meaning the media and the world now know who he is yeah which again is also going to complicate like his and john's relationship because now because yes. well, that's not not widely known but i guess like now's the chance they can do that oh people are going to find out and their yeah. relationship is going to be under a microscope now but also jay is going to be in the firing line now because mm -hmm. as we found out just a couple issues ago batman thought he was bad because of his relationship with the revolutionaries mm -hmm. and the crimes they've committed which means the world is going to know that and bendix is also going to know the son of the woman he deposed to become yes. president is alive and out there and working against yeah him. Ha she he has her his mother i think hostage, hostage I think, or yeah. something yeah so, so yeah, that's, that's going to complicate things. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit! Wow, damn, Taylor, you you were building up to all of this, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. So he doesn't doesn't you know let things lie. Yeah, like like I enjoyed the book, and I'm like, yeah, you know, the last couple issues have been a little aimless and everything. And then I read this one, I'm like, oh no, no, these were all breadcrumbs leading to it's something all tied big. Actually. together. It was there this this and Obi Wan this week that did the exact same thing, where it's like, oh, we're tying it all together because it all makes sense now. Yeah. How uh, how good was Obi Wan this week too? So good so good i'll even forgive that the de-aging tech made christian uh hayden christensen look even older i don't even think there was even any de-aging tech on him i think he was just there yeah yeah you might i think be they right. just like put him in like that fucking wig of the rat tail and just like yeah, yeah we're good it's enough. fine it's fine he had a hard week he had a hard week you know i guess so the the moral of that episode is so wonderful where it's like yeah and anakin could still never beat obi-wan because he's so obsessive yeah. like a dog with a bone he can only concentrate on one thing at one time and that's how obi-wan always wins because despite obi-wan's best effort anakin was not a good student and yeah. he never learned anything obi ever tried to teach him and it's great because we see that also again in a new hope where obi-wan mm -hmm. sacrifices himself to yep. allow luke and the others to escape because because vader wanted them as well but he wanted obi-wan as well and he, he got he him. knew yeah he, he falls for the same trick nine years later yeah yeah because he's always fallen for the same trick as obi-wan could read him like a fucking book yeah and then luke does it to him again in return of the jedi where he he, t he goes up to the death star with him and lets the rebels blow up the fucking shield generator y you can't argue it's not consistent it's no. very consistent <laughs> yeah <laughs> in fact you know in that training uh montage too at the end of it obi-wan's basically like and this is why you're still kind of a padawan it really reframes the conversation they have in a new hope where it's like oh when i left you i was but the student but now i am the master only a master of darkness darth where it's like look now you were never <laughs> no no you you tell yourself that but we you and me both know the score yeah which again makes that scene even better when it's like strike me down and i will become more powerful than you could ever imagine <laughs> Which, which, again, what, what do we think? What's the over-under on that last episode? We're going to be seeing Force Ghost Qui-Gon Jinn. Oh, yeah, probably. Probably. Because he needs to learn to do the thing, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, and that, that's why he went... Well, one of the reasons why he went into exile, to learn how to do that, as well as look, looking after Luke. Because, mm. again, they've been signposting that forever, where, you know, he's basically praying to Obi-Wan, you know, I'm, I'm so lost, I need some guidance, you know, I, ne I need to hear from you. Yeah, and he's going to go back to going to go back to Tatooine, because Reva will have survived her, like, gut stab, and is going after yeah. Luke, because she learnt from that message that Bale sent her. Yeah, I, I love they canonize that, too, where it's like, man, you know, people in Star Wars sure survive fatal injuries a lot. Yeah, revenge will do that to you. Yeah, it'll keep you alive. Hunger for revenge will do that. And somewhere in the universe, freaking Darth Maul's ears are burning. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, sure does. Me and my spider legs. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, that's good stuff. Yeah, as the chat saying, Vader really is a one-trick pony. Yeah, yeah. kind of. And, yeah. and he doesn't learn it until too late. Yeah, and it's great. <laughs> yeah. Now, that being said, he does kind of, in wrestling terms, get his win back in the fight with Reva, where it's like, yeah, but I am a good warrior, and I am a good force user. I don't even need to pull out my lightsaber to fight you. No, no, yeah. That was that was really cool. <laughs> I I am still on a whole other level than you Inquisitors, though. Make Make no mistake. Yeah. You, you, you guys are like half Jedis and half Siths. You guys can't even do a quarter of what I can do. <laughs> do the dark side of the Force holds many mysteries. <laughs> but yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. I'm liking it. Yeah, the, the finale is going to be really good. And honestly, I'm kind of sad it's over with this episode. I'm like, shit, it's really done next week. Yeah, yeah. I, I know there's been... I, I don't think there's any weight to them, but I heard someone talking about season two, but I don't think they actually plan on it. It, it no. kind of ruin everything it, about it. It is, yeah, because yeah, season two, it's like, okay, now you're really fucking pushing it at this point. Yeah, but no, yeah, it, it's finished enough. And yeah, I'm kind of sad that it's, it's going to be finishing because it's been so good. <laughs> it has been. Apparently the numbers, uh, I have to wonder, a lot of people theorized, apparently Miss Marvel's first day numbers were not great, and a lot of people are thinking, oh, do you think this happened because this is the first time they put a Marvel thing next I to think a Star so. Wars thing? I th Yeah, not just that, but just like a Star Wars thing that's like so popular. It's Huge, fucking Obi-Wan yeah. show. You know? Arguably the hugest one they've done. Yeah, so I, I, I absolutely think so. They, they probably should have moved Miss Marvel to like a Friday. Yeah, I, I really hope they don't punish Miss Marvel because of that. I hope they realize that this is a learning experience where it's like, okay, don't release two of these I, at once, actually. I, I do feel the people running Disney Plus are a little bit smarter than, like, Netflix, yeah. where it's like, if, that, if, that, if this happened on Netflix, Miss Marvel would already be canceled. Yeah, they're like, we're already canceled. The algorithm has spoken. Yeah, yeah. Man, fucking You gotta eat a cupcake. You gotta eat gotta a fucking eat a cupcake, cupcake in the first 12 minutes. God damn, that Barry scene only gets truer and truer, doesn't it? <laughs> There's a perfect timing on it as well. Absolutely. And how good was that last Barry episode, oh, too? It's, it's so good. I can't wait for tomorrow's episode. Oh, I thought it was done. I thought that was the final episode. Oh, fuck, really? Was it? I uh, think that was the last episode. Fuck them for leaving it on that cliffhanger. Because that was eight episodes, but also, like, fuck, that's a, yeah, oh, that's God a damn strong it. I've way been to paying attention to what episode is, like, what number. I've just been uh, watching him, but, oh, God, now I'm angry. <laughs> yeah, I know. Again, a show this funny that is also this dark and, like, heart-wrenching and gut-wrenching yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah. Also, also, Hater, like, directed, like, those last three. Yeah, and they're so good. That bike yeah, chase fucking... he had in the yes. fifth episode. Oh, my God. When, when is he going to get to direct, like, the next big movie? Yeah. Also, I stand by what I said. In an alternate world, Bill Hader might be the best Joker because we see him falling <laughs> to pieces in this episode and laughing and crying and everything else. I'm like, ah, oh, just put him put him in white face and a green mop of hair on him and he'd be perfect. It's fantastic, yeah. Yeah, how he has this, like, I'm funny, but I also have this darkness inside me too. Yeah. Hell, his girlfriend even kind of has her own Harley moment in this, too, doesn't she? <laughs> she? She really does, yeah. She really does. Holy shit. Uh, but yeah, so that was... Uh, shit, what were we even talking about? Uh, Superman. <laughs> Superman. <laughs> Superman, yeah. Superman is good, and those two shows are good, too. You should, you should watch them. <laughs> uh, all right, what, uh, what should we talk about next? Uh, we choose one. Okay. Uh, oh, uh, the best book I read this week. I was genuinely surprised by this. This one blew me away, and I think a lot of other people got blown away by it. Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty, number one from Lanzig and Kelly. I haven't read this one yet. 
You should. This is shockingly feel good in a way a Captain America story has not been in a very long time. Okay. It's Steve Rogers moving back to Brooklyn to his old apartment he grew up in with his mother. Okay. The idea being Sharon is away on a special mission, and Steve is like, you know what? With Sam out there being Captain America too, I think I can finally afford some time. For me, I've been Captain America so long, I have lost touch with Steve Rogers. Okay. I need... I need to, like, learn to be a human guy again. And I'm like, that's so fucking good. And also yeah. really fucking true, because, like, from Secret Empire onward, he never left the costume. Yeah, yeah, he's been constantly in the costume, constantly, like, on the run from the government because yep. of some fucking thing. And, yeah, Reason he hasn't had time another. to be Steve Rogers. This is him laying down roots, and what he does is so awesome. He's like, yeah, I go jogging, you know, around uh, the island. I bring the shield with me. People stop and take pictures, and, you know, I do it because when they're looking at the shield, they're not looking at me because it's always been my idea. I want people to see themselves in the shield. It's their symbol mm -hmm. as much as it is mine. Okay. And I'm like, that's nice. My favorite thing is uh, he takes a drawing class at the community college. Oh, nice. They bring him back into his uh, art roots. Yeah, which, man, a lot of young people in the comments section thought that was a movie thing. I'm like, no, he no, did that yeah. in the comics for years. He was an artist. And he's not just taking regular drawing. He's taking digital art. <laughs> oh, that, they need to make a reference to that time him and uh, Peter Parker made a, like a comic book. Yes. Oh, my God. It's so funny. It's him and like a bunch of 20 year olds with like piercings and blue hair and everything. <laughs> and they're like, Mr. Rogers, you know, you're, you're pressing too hard on that tablet. You're going to break. And he's like, oh, sorry, I I'm old. And like most old people, I press too hard on devices. <laughs> I, I still think I'm doing typewriters and they're doing life drawing and they have a naked model and he's too shy to look at the naked model for long. <laughs> oh, that's great. And they go out to, like, baseball games, and Steve's like, man, you know, it's really nice to, like, hang out with regular people again. All my friends have been, like, gods and atomic monsters for so long. Yeah. It's nice to get back in touch with the regular, everyday, salt-of-the-earth people who I regularly try and save. And really, how, how can I save them if I don't know them and I divorce myself from them? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. It is. It really is great. We also find out that Steve does a ham radio thing where him and a bunch of World War II vets talk to each other over ham oh, radio. That's so cool. It's very fun. And he's like, while he's doing that, he hears, here's a weird signal, you know, a weird code that him and all his old friends need to crack. And they do because they're like rocket scientists and Enigma engineers and shit. Nice, nice. Oh, I get, I'm guessing that's that code that's on like the, the, uh, the cover. Yes, that is the one that's yeah. also because the code is connected to the Century game, which is the big thing that Sam has been dealing with as well. Yes, yeah. A bunch of rich and powerful shadowy people playing a game for who's going to control the 21st century. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Whatever that means. And uh, uh, Bucky and Cap team up to fight a new version of the Destroyer, who, of course, was the son of the original Union Jack. Yep. And St obviously Steve is all pissed off. Where it's like, that costume doesn't belong to you. I take people, you know, perverting symbols of my friends really seriously. <laughs> I don't I don't know if you've noticed, but like for the last eight years, I've just been basically dealing with copyright issues. <laughs> so take that suit off or I'm going to kick your ass. And uh, yeah, apparently we discover too that, oh, Bucky may actually already be playing the Century game. We just don't know. Ooh. 
And apparently this also ties into what Kelly and Lanzig did in that Kang the Conqueror book because we saw an image with uh, Bucky standing over Cap. So apparently yeah. they've been planting the seeds for this for a bit. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's good shit, man. I can't believe we're in a time when there's like two really good Cap books right now. Yeah, it's so cool. And I imagine like coming up we're going to get like a big crossover with them. And... Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, you know. That's definitely where they're going. But yeah, wow. Captain America Sentinel of Liberty if you haven't read a captain america book in a long time make this the one nice. because it like ticks so many boxes nice nice it's it, it felt nice where it's like oh yeah this is like coming home again this is like a warm pair of slippers captain america hasn't been like this in so long <laughs> awesome awesome i think he even says in the book like i can finally unclench now for the first time in a long time <laughs> and i'm like yeah yeah that has been like the last two runs of captain america just him considerably clenched yeah yeah now, that's not to say the book is being, like, raw, raw patriotic. It's basically Steve being like, look, the world is fucked up, but I don't also need to be fucked up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am I am practicing Captain America self-care is what I'm doing. <laughs> it's what you gotta do. But, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Nice, nice. Uh, all right. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? Uh, I had Iron Man issue 20. Oh, yes, this looked like a pretty big issue. I saw the Discord talking what? about this one, actually. Yes, Discord, I'm there sometimes. <laughs> you don't know when I'm there, but I'm there. They weren't really talking. They were talking about how, like, some people don't like the armor, which I don't understand because the armor's, like, the classic comic armor. I, I mean, the way I always feel with Iron Man's armor is, like, if you don't like it, wait five minutes because they're going to change it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, this, this issue was kind of... I wouldn't really class it as a filler more of like a palate cleanser after the 19 issue Corvax saga we had yeah yeah um uh tony's fresh out of rehab he spent three months in rehab and sort of found himself again and everything and he gets picked up by patsy uh, and in classic tony stark fashion he gives her a letter and the letter is basically asking patsy to marry him oh, oh yes because um, we're gonna get a big wedding soon aren't we she wants some time to think about it um which tony takes as like her saying no um mm. so he throws himself into his work and he ends up developing a computer called the 5150 which does fucking everything under the sun it's running like computing simulations giving that's, like that's, wi-fi that's to the city and yeah that, that's also a real thing too, 5150. I believe that's uh, a crime in the LA police call log there yeah. for like a violent mental illness or something like I that. I think so, yeah. Something like that. Because I've seen many people with shirts that say 5150 on it. <laughs> um, so he ends up developing this computer and he wants to like show the the world what it is the world's a bit more interested in like oh his mental health and how he feels about michael korvac saving him before committing suicide and mm. all that sort of stuff um but he's not he doesn't want to talk about that he wants to talk about this new stuff and uh he's gonna show off the computer by having it play chess against chet the gorilla who's a hyper intelligent <laughs> gorilla that empire state university has has given like an iq of like 170 and 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 Chet Chet's more than happy to play, but he's he's really there to like network, and he's really doing it to network because he's he's like meet, meets Tony for the first time and he's like, oh, I want to like do some consulting for Stark Unlimited. I I love computer programming and all that. And of Tony kind of brushes him off and like, eh, I'm not really part of the company anymore. Go talk with someone else. And um, Chet ends up getting really mad that he ends up trying to cheat at the at the chess game, and he ends up getting even more mad because the computer inadvertently like like gloats over him losing um so he gets extremely mad and ends up attacking tony and he ex 
actually ends up hacking into Tony's suit into the boss AI through the Wi-Fi that the 5150 is giving off. Right. And he shuts down everything in Tony's suit except Tony's roller skates. And <laughs> Which so Tony, he had sometimes. Yeah, so Tony has to use roller skates to escape this gorilla who then chases him on a moped. <laughs> and he ends, sounds up, awesome. ends up like jousting with the gorilla and fighting him and like defeating him and everything and and while all this is happening patsy is trying to like is like wrestling with the ideas like does she want to like marry tony does, she, does he need fixing you know she weighs up like her previous marriages to like damon hellstrom and how she ended up in hell oh, and shit, that's right all, this, all that stuff all the stuff that happened in like the 60s and 70s with her um and she Fucking ends continuity man and she ends up declining uh marrying tony for now i think they have they do maybe get married a little later i on. was gonna say they've announced the wedding i'm pretty sure i saw the yeah. cover that's gonna be a story but they've they've declined she declines that now and leaves tony and he throughout the whole issue he's been getting phone calls that he keeps declining and he eventually answers it and it's this guy called vic martinelli and we find out that him and tony haven't talked for a while but vic was given a really important job and that was to look after the 10 mandarin rings oh shit well i had they haven't touched that yeah, forever and, and he's having trouble with them at the moment and tony needs to come and help him that's cool yeah because i mean who, if you're going to be writing an iron man arc obviously you got to do something with the 10 rings at some point that's yes. like you know having daredevil have his secret identity outed you got to do it like once a run yes yeah yeah damn again everything you tell me about that iron man run sounds cool it's, cool it's so hell. cool it's so good and not a lot of people are talking about this is like no. joshua williamson's flash where it's like yeah. oh there's a great series here no yeah. one's reading yeah. The, the, yeah this feels exactly like that flash how it's like no one will talk about it and then christopher campbell will get like headliner on like a big marvel event and everyone will be like oh it's all connected to that to that iron man book he did and then everyone will go read it and it was, it's just excellent Hell, I forget uh, who was trying to tell me the other day where it's like, oh, you know, Joshua Williamson's not that great. His Flash war run wasn't even that spectacular. I'm like, motherfucker, he ran it longer than anyone else <laughs> yeah. in in the new, uh, what is it, in the DC Rebirth era. He yeah. must have been doing something he, right. He ran from Rebirth, like, he finished out the series. <laughs> and now he's writing everything at DC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's doing something right. Again, he must be doing something right there. Th though someone actually came in after that and said something interesting where it's like, you know, do, do do we really love Joshua Williamson's work as much as we think we do? Or do we love him as a fixer of things we didn't like? And I'm like, uh, he can no. do both. <laughs> yeah, I, I love him as a writer. He's good. It was it was it was Shadow War. It was the last issue of Shadow War. I'm like, wow, this was really fucking disappointing. This whole thing. Well, again, because you could tell he was focusing on Dark Crisis. Dark Crisis. You would I would think so. Yeah. Also, he it, I I didn't know this, but his Batman book is still going on. I still haven't read his newest Batman book. I'm I'm reading that later on today. Yeah, I think that's I'm the last issue tomorrow. of his of his run before Zadarsky takes over. I think yes i believe so i i went through it i'm like what this actually came out i thought the next one wasn't going to be till zadarsky i flipped through it and i saw this was in it again and i'm like all right i can shove this one down the pile a little bit this <laughs> this doesn't seem important <laughs> and no one's like hey joel when are you going to do the next batman when are you going to do the next batman so i guess i made the right choice <laughs> Uh, what I did read this week that everyone was clamoring for, though, was I read Young Justice Targets, number one, the continuation of the TV show. Oh, nice. Yep, picks up basically exactly where the show left off. We get a story about Beast Boy, who got dragged through the fucking ringer in season four. Mm -hmm. Survivor's guilt and, like, depression and, like, he had a fucking sleeping pill addiction. Okay. 
Oh yeah, they took him to some dark ass places in season four. <laughs> uh, his his queen girlfriend broke up with him, so now they oh. all like gotta go save her from Count Vertigo and everything, who got broken out of jail <laughs> by a bunch of robots that also have Vertigo tech. Oh god. Yeah, so that's a whole thing. Uh, it's also kind of a big Roy Harper centric story because as we find out, uh, Roy Harper, this is the one who was like the clone from season two. Okay. Yeah, it turns out he was actually there the night Queen Perdita's father was killed by Sportsmaster, and he was unable to save him because Sportsmaster activated the Broken Arrow clone protocol oh, and no. basically shut him off. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, wow, you're tying it all the way back to, like, season one. Holy shit. And the idea is he really wants to protect the Queen because he feels bad about everything that happened, and this is, like, his chance to redeem himself. Okay, okay. Also, uh, what is it? Uh, Matt Hagen Clayface is a good guy now in this because apparently there was an audio drama for Young Justice I didn't read. Okay, uh, an audio drama, all right. Yes, there was an audio drama I did not read. Uh, thank you to the Young Justice wiki that tweeted at me. It's like, actually, here it is, Joel, if you want to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, apparently there's been like a whole Clayface story from like the old comic tie-ins to this audio drama to this new comic tie-in. Jesus. There is a lot of stuff happening in Young Justice, and I thought I knew it all, but apparently I do not. It's just funny, because you always see people complaining that there's not enough stuff happening, but there's a lot yeah, of stuff a, happening. There really is. It's just spread out all over the damn place. Yeah, yeah. Also, that video game they made that apparently told a really important story, but, like, no one got a chance to play it, because A, it wasn't very good, and B, it was on old hardware at the time. Okay. Yeah, I, I kept meaning to make a video on that, actually, where it's like, look, I'm just going to watch all the cutscenes and I'm going to make a video about it because I feel like not enough people actually watched it or mm -hmm. played it. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, so that was that. Young Justice, pretty solid. Again, they, they released it just right. They released it just after season four ended. I'm like, good, this is how you do it. This is how you keep interest. Yeah, well, that, that was probably planned. It was. Every other time they did it, there was like a huge gap in between. I'm like, really, you're doing it now? Yeah. This is the wrong time to do it. Yeah. But it's good. I'm, I'm about it. I liked it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? Uh, well, I had the lead-in to uh, Marvel's big event, Judgment Day. With, right, which I'm going to have to read because I'm so far behind. The final issue of Eternals plus uh, the free comic book day stuff that came out for right, uh, right, right. for Judgment Day. And yeah, it's, uh, whew, it's, it's, it's a doozy. It's a doozy sure seems like it yeah so uh we learn we learned at the end at the end of um the eternals book thanos gets defeated they like find out that that like thanos is prime eternal and droog's been helping him but droog has been like dealing with thanos behind his back and he ended up installing like a protocol that when, that when thanos activated uh uranus's army that would destroy the world the entire world mm. uh it also activated fastos's safety in thanos that would kill him or like disable oh. him uh and in this last issue he ends up turning into like i don't know what the fuck he turns into he's he's he turns into like what fucking uh that dude from akira turns into like just gets all fucked up and big and oh like, flesh monster yeah yeah and uh drew ends up pushing him back into the time stream because he his thought thanos's plan was he was going to activate the the uh device to destroy earth and then just disappear into the time stream and go and catch me here fuckers. go fuck up everything else um but yeah he he ends up getting ditched into the time stream to appear wherever 
um throughout all this the, the eternals had to sneak into avengers mountain to find uh some deviant schematics to help defeat thanos which is how mm. the avengers learn that thanos was actually on earth and technically the ruler of earth as well as eternal prime um mm. so they're not too happy with the eternals and the eternals no, aren't you, you know helping them but it's great because cersei has a great line where like Than uh where like uh tony is like uh we're we're we own earth like you should have told us and, and he's like he's, she's like ha bitch please you know we, you know while odin was drinking himself into a stupor we we were becoming adults and we we fucking oh, own the fun. earth we're and we're a pretty good landlord you know oh i like that i like that a lot um it's super dick measuring and then in the free comic book day uh at the end of the uh eternals issue 12 uh droog becomes the new eternal prime uh because he's like the next in line with how it goes right, right. um and he wants to fire he he's got the the deviant schematics that they stole from the avengers mountain and he's put it into the machine and he's trying to find out where like a lot of deviants are and like uh excess deviation and all that and he he's shown two places and one of those places is lemuria which they know of and they're kind of uneasy allies with them right, and right. the other place is krakoa hmm how about that yeah and then in the free comic book day issue we kind of kind of get a little bit of like a history of like uh the eternals and mutants and how they're like two species have like kind of been at war with each other for a while um and it all comes back to uranos who in in the a million years in the past uh shows odin like a species of monkey that have developed a like a telepathic hive mind <laughs> and um odin's like oh it's not technically deviation it's more of a mutation yeah, and this is like i don't give mutation. a fuck it's still the same thing I, i'm just gonna wipe out this entire race and he does yeah, that. yeah it sounds like something he and, would um, do. and we learned that that's sort of like the, the 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 sort of start to this whole event where droog sort of sees it the same way where it's like mutants aren't really excess deviation but they're not Excess, but i don't like they them are. yeah yeah and it's sort of semantics kind of sort of thing but and, which and is the, totally something droog would do and literally that makes the yeah. little uh quote he put out there make a lot more sense yeah. it's like damn droog I, I think you're pretty fucking racist yeah. is what that sounds like but, but not only that because the way the eternals are coded from the celestials to deal with they have to deal with excess deviation that's the one thing he's he's apparently going to activate in the eternals and sort of make it so that they go after mutants now as well right huh so and and, and it looks like the yeah and it looks like the avengers are kind of caught in between sort of having to like kind of protect the mutants but the mutants don't want protection and then mm. they've got to deal with the eternals who they're uneasy allies with and yeah yeah so we we got complicated relationships with all of you yeah yeah so that's a hell of a thing well that sounds interesting yes it's it's it's, it's pretty cool i mean i'm intrigued because like the mutants up until like these last two issues weren't really involved with anything to, no. like the setup and then like the setup was like revealed and it's like oh yeah like that makes sense now they got a lot of their own shit going on if you could yeah. tell yeah well fuck do they ever uh all right then i i had a couple more there i had blood syndicate season one number two this week again more milestone that i'm glad to actually be able to keep up with nice how's that book been cool this one especially i think issue two is actually much better than issue one they do a really interesting thing because old blood syndicate had like three leaders uh 
Holocaust, Tech 9 and Why Sun over the years. So each of these issues, I'm assuming, is going to focus on a different one. And because it's a prequel, it's season one, how all these different gangs coalesce together into <laughs> forming Blood Syndicate. Yep. Uh, this one is all about Why Sun and uh, Jeffrey Thorne, who is a lovely guy, by the way, who actually follows me on Twitter and we nice. chat back and forth every so often. Uh, this is kind of Why Sun coming back from the war in Afghanistan. He's converted to Islam now and he has to tell that to like his super fire and brimstone abusive preacher father. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, they throw him out basically instantly, and they make it, like, very unsubtle, where it's like, hey, kids, why do people join gangs in their youth? Usually because something's fucked up at home, and they're not getting the love and camaraderie there, so they run the streets and get it elsewhere. Wow, yeah, okay. And I'm like, shit, that's a very nuanced take on gang culture, which is basically what the whole book is about, because issue one was about Tech 9 being mm -hmm. like, yeah, I joined a gang basically just because it was the block I grew up on, and yeah. all my friends were already in gangs, so I was already affiliated whether I wanted to be or not. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. That's a very adult take on this sort of thing, and... Uh, yeah, we see Holocaust, who's trying to gather together more of the Bang Baby metahumans to join him. He he literally gives a speech that is basically word for word Cyrus from the Warriors. <laughs> one one gang could rule this city. We could uh, tax the cops and the syndicates. You know, in the future, I see there's no colors, there's no sets, there's no turf. There's just one king. Can you dig it? <laughs> and they don't. And he kills them all with firepowers. I was like, oh, oh no. Yeah. Yeah, I don't fucking need you, actually. You can follow me or not, because I'm basically a god at this point. <laughs> I might as well be a god. So, yeah, it's a, it's very fun. They're also got, like, this mystery thing going on, because why Sun and Tech 9 came back to America with Bang Baby powers, and that's confusing everyone. They're like, wait, but you, you weren't there at the Big Bang. How, how do you have powers? Mm -hmm. Clearly, it seems to be Alva Industries, you know, the same stuff they tried to weaponize against protesters. Mm -hmm. They also weaponized against overseas enemies. Okay. It's not much of a stretch. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. They're just dropping their toxic juice wherever they can find it to see if it works. Yeah. Though, interestingly, only a handful of people survived the weapons test, which is interesting. Most okay. of them died. Yeah, okay. Which was not the case, uh, what is it, when the police used it on protesters in the static book. And I'm like, huh, interesting. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Blood Syndicate, cool, cool book. I like it. Nice, nice. A lot of good stuff going on there. Milestone goes from strength to strength. Uh, yeah. Hardware is done, too, so I plan to go back and read Brandon Thomas's hardware as well. Oh, cool, awesome. Yeah, I think they're all finished now. Blood Syndicate is going, and I think there's going to be a Black History issue, too. Cool. I don't know what that one's uh, going to do in connection to all the other ones, but basically it's like, hey, here's more Milestone because you like it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it's going to be like literally like here's the history of this world as it relates to people with superpowers. Yeah, okay. Which I like. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? Uh, I had X-Men Red issue three. Okay, everyone was raving about this one. I had multiple people asking me what I thought about it, and I'm like, ooh, Matt reads that one, not me. I yes. can't wait to pick his brain about it on the show. What, what's so amazing about this one, Matt? Why uh, why was everyone losing oh, their minds? Oh, they have every right to. So this is the big... Uh, it's Tarn versus Vulcan, because uh, Vulcan, on behalf of uh, Abigail Brand, has challenged Tarn, the Undying, on... Uh, for the great ring he wants to join the great mm -hmm. ring and to do that he has to challenge someone because of a racco rule and everything and uh brand wants to install one of her own persons People, on yeah. onto the uh because brand works for orchis now um yes yes 
and yeah so she, he's like they're dealing with that while the brotherhood are sort of they like know that brand is doing this and mm. they they're trying to like sort out like okay so how are we going to deal with this because this is it's like a rock and a hard place because you have tarn who is like the remnants of like what Araco used to be and is like the thing that's kind of holding them back from being from like evolving into something mm. new uh, because they own a planet now he's like uh yes. keeping them down and everything and uh they want to get rid of him but whoever gets rid of him has to take their place but they don't want vulcan to do that because vulcan no. works for brand and he's even worse because he's a mentally unstable yeah. cohen who is technically part of the summers family as royalty but also the shia royalty yes he's and, also yeah. very much connected it's to really them, which would be it'd be really bad for space space yeah. politics to put him anywhere so they're trying to find someone else to challenge tan and they turn to magneto and magneto's like no i came to krakoa i uh, came to, to Araco to, es- to retire and es- like escape all of this shit i am not doing this like i understand like the rules and everything about it but i don't want i es- escapes krakoa to get rid of the quiet council and you're basically asking me to go on to join a new council version of a quiet council i don't want any of that and storm's trying to pressure him and he has this great thing where he he kind of compares storm to uh xavier and how mm. he was kind of pressured into helping xavier form the utopia and everything and we get a cool thing about him how he he joined that utopia he joined creating krakoa and then like wanda came up and made the waiting room which is like the mutant heaven where they can access yes, i remember that where they can get like now mutants who are who have been long dead like thunderbird um and bring them back to life um but he can't ever bring back his first daughter anya because she wasn't a mutant so he's always forgot about her so he's always stuck with this visage of her dying in a fire and there's nothing he can do about it or anything so it's it's always broken him up so he doesn't want anything to do with that so the fight goes ahead with vulcan and tarn uh tarn's power which is he's basically a a weapon thief they call him a weapon thief because he can steal other mutants powers um right he doesn't he, he's the locust vile guy right tarn the uncaring yeah 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 he looks like kind of like a gore yes very much so yeah um and he he actually ends up getting his power stolen by vulcan because vulcans can source uh energy from anywhere including mutants powers mm. uh, but that doesn't stop vulcan from being killed um and vulcan gets killed very violently and it's only now that uh magneto turns up and decides to challenge uh tarn and he does this really fucking great thing where he's fighting tarn and he puts his helmet on tarn's head oh and, shit. and, and it blocks out tarn's thoughts oh so that's he can't clever. use it and then he crushes it and kills tarn nice. so he's now forced to take tarn's spot on the great ring that's fucking metal as hell yeah that's really goddamn it yeah i can see why people thought that was so cool yeah and on while all this is going on as well we've we got like like a little battle in like the stands because uh roberto was like challenging iska iska is the one who can't lose the battle he was like yes. like fucking with her a little bit and um so so it was kind of like to um i took it as like her him distracting tan like because something was happening in the crowd sort of thing mm-hmm. so so magneto can just like decide to like oh I'll put my helmet on his head and now he won't ever be able to like use his powers and then i'll just like crush the helmet and it'll kill him <laughs> damn 
yeah so magneto was now on the the great ring the the great ring of Raco, and i don't know Amazing. what that means for uh brand and her people it seems to me like there could almost be building up to a war between uh erico and krakoa right because yeah, it's like yeah. well you know we're, we're we're the same but we're different and we have a lot of different ideas in fact that kind of seems to be the big theme of destiny of x you know these people trying to live together despite having their cultures that are different but the same uh nightcrawler is dealing with that in legion of x because he has to basically bring back a big erico religious criminal but he doesn't want to do it yeah yeah and their their pope basically has said like, look, you can either do this or I'll go and I'll kill everyone. So you know it's up to you. Yeah. And it's like, well, you guys aren't very nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, I I they kind of alluded that to that in like the second issue of X Men Red, where like uh, Brand's team kind of also comes to blow with the Brotherhood because the Brotherhood came mm. to protect them against the progenitors, uh, and our, the her team was just like ruined everything because they just like ran in and just like tried to force people to move and it was just like a big fuck up damn <laughs> yeah they're they're definitely building up to some crazy stuff. i'm not reading as many x-men books as i was i kind of dropped wolverine i kind of dropped x-factor and marauders and everything and now i feel like damn i wish i'd stuck with uh sword and x-men red because it sounds like that's where all the shit's happening all the big shit yeah i'm so glad i stuck with it as well because yeah i'm just reading x-men red because it's literally just a continuation of sword yeah it's all the same characters you know with like the addition of like more Araco characters this time through but yeah it's pretty mm. much the exact same thing think uh knights of x starts this week which is the continuation of like the magical characters yeah. and everything that i didn't i don't really care for that stuff about, about me neither like, uh Araco and all that sort of stuff i just don't care about it yeah mutants and magic never did it for me either i no. tried to care and in the end it actually ended up being super important to x of swords because that yeah, was like yeah. the backbone yeah. of their first crossover it's like oh you really expected me to care more about this than i did yeah i think I think it was in that book or in another book they're going after red root because red root is still technically stuck in yes uh, that's right other the world. magical dimension yes yeah. yes 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 because yes, that yes. was also Would in you... in x-men red as well yeah and a uh, hanging plot thread from x of swords yeah. as well it's like yeah you you left one of your own behind yeah fucking i think mad jim jaspers had him that's a whole big yes. thing weird, yes what weird throwback character that yeah. no one talks about anymore <laughs> uh last one i had this uh week was the jurassic league yes i had this one as well not really much to talk about it is just the justice league is dinosaurs it's yeah pretty fucking cool <laughs> yeah it's just, it, and it's like the writers are just taking the dinosaurs and smashing them together and it's yeah. fucking awesome it's it's the best saturday morning cartoon you've never seen it's the best toy line that doesn't exist but totally should exist yep it's yeah it's all those things and more you know supersaurus wants to help people and he does with his arms and his tail which is yes. a great image yep uh batsaurus doesn't like the little kid he's adopted but obviously the little kid is sticking with him anyway because mm -hmm, you know, can't understand him and everything because he can't understand and he's definitely gonna be cave boy robin because yes. you just know yep you just know they're going there. They introduce a couple more villains. The reverse Slash, which is kind of fucking funny. I like that yeah. he's a turtle, but he's super fast. Yes, yeah. And Atrocosaurus, who looks great as a dinosaur. Yeah, it looks just like Atrocitus. You know? Yeah, just, just with a big dinosaur head. And, you know, the uh, Batsaurus and Supersaurus don't like each other at first because they see the world in two completely different ways. 
but they decide to join forces, and at the end, they meet up with Wonder Dawn, who does the cool sword and shield thing, only it's dinosaur stuff now. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. And they also allude to maybe, like, that thing that brings Jokazard back to life is, like, yeah. the Lazarus Pit, but, like, mixed with, like, Parasite? Or Dark it feeds Side, off, maybe? Because it, like, feeds off... Well, I think Dark Side's the Dark Embryo. Yeah, they call it the Dark Embryo, yeah. Yeah, and, like, the tree, like, sucks energy from, like, people they've captured to, like, feed... Yeah, yeah other people if if this was any other writer i'd say man you know uh narratively this is kind of thin but when the art is this good and telling the story the way it is it's like okay you know what daniel warren johnson you get a pass because this is definitely the sort of story where the style is the substance yeah well i and again they never they never like sold it as like some deep you know your character like treatise or anything it's just like it's too two fucking it's dinosaurs but they're like the justice league it, it is exactly what it, it's exactly what it says on the tin uh yeah. chem dog in the chat reminded me hey did you read do a power bomb number one yeah i guess daniel warren johnson had a wrestling comic that came out this week and oh, i've had nice. a couple people ask me about it. no i haven't had a chance to read it yet chat i don't know what the crossover would be like on the channel would people give a <laughs> shit about it but yeah it certainly sounds like something up my alley and definitely something daniel warren johnson loves because he puts wrestling moves in all of his comics yeah everything (laughs) in everything oh my god i watched uh the first hour of uh everything all at once there i only got Mm -hmm. the first hour because it's a long movie before we started but man seeing jamie lee curtis do fucking missile drop kicks and backbreakers (laughs) is pretty fucking sick it's pretty good yeah it's like i didn't know this was gonna be in the movie but i'm very happy about it I'm all about this again. I'm only an hour deep, but I'm liking I'm liking what I've seen. Nice, very very fun movie. Well well worth all the talk about it and being like a twenty four is like biggest uh, cash cow of the year. Yeah. Also, an interesting spiritual sibling to Multiverse of Madness. They yeah, tackle yeah. many of the same themes, do they not? Yes, I remember people were talking about those two films endlessly. As like, oh, one's a better multiverse movie than the other. And I'm like, they don't really have to be. They can actually both complement each other. And I think they do. The villain in both movies are basically like, yes, I was freed from morality when I became aware of the multiverse and became an omniversal being. Why should I care about what's right or wrong when it doesn't matter what I do in the greater scheme of things? Yeah, yeah. I think there's something very profound about both takes on that, actually. Abs- absolutely. Yeah, go go check that one out if you haven't, everyone. And that uh, that's everything I read this week. What about you? Yeah, that's, I think that's about everything I've read. Yeah, big big week, but we liked everything we read. We did, yeah. Yeah, so uh, thank you, everyone, for coming and hanging out and watching with us and everything. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, before we let you go, though, remember that uh, you can become a patron and listen back to this in audio and video form first before anyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show usually goes up Wednesday at 8 a.m. And if you are listening to this show on Wednesday, uh, here's some books out today that you can read. Uh, Nightwing, number 93. Ooh, excellent. Uh, Flash, uh, 783. This uh, Is this a Dark Crisis tie-in? Yes. yes, it is, actually. Yes, it will be. I don't know how it's going to tie in, but it is. Yep. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man, number four. Mm-hmm. X-Men, number 12. Mm-hmm. World's Finest, number four. Nice. That one's nearing the end, but we know even when that one's done, that one's not going to be done because no. we keep hearing about Devil Knees High and like yep. so many other things. Yeah, we do. Uh, New Mutants 26, Miles Morales, Spider-Man 39. He's doing another Spider-Verse thing, fighting an evil version of himself in another world. And there is going to be another Spider-Verse book in time for the movie. Okay, cool. Yeah, we got Immortal X-Men 3, 
uh, Batman The Night number six. Oh, nice. Which you and I are both really enjoying, and I can't yes. wait to see what they do there. Uh, Dark Crisis Young Justice number one. Oh, fantastic. So we are getting some Dark Crisis tie-ins finally. New Fantastic Four number one. That's Grey Hulk, Wolverine, Spider-Man, Ghost Rider. Wow, already this. But technically, the the Fantastic Four book hasn't finished yet because it's still doing Reckoning I War. <laughs> I feel I feel like this is an untold tale of the new Fantastic Four because it's them like you know, rem like hey, remember when we did this? Yeah, okay. Uh, we got Black Adam number one. That Christopher Priest Ooh, book. Oh, nice. Yes. I will be very interested to see what we do with that because Christopher Priest, again, when they had him do the U.S. Agent book, it's like, hey, so you're going to write something that's like the show, right? Yeah, and also I'm just yeah. going to do my own fucking thing. Yeah, I'm going to make it really fucking cool. Yeah, Christopher Priest is famous for that, too, like when he was writing Damien in, like, that Deathstroke Batman crossover. It's like, yeah, I haven't paid attention to new Damien shit. I just did what I wanted. <laughs> sue me. And sue they, me, you and fucking they let nerds. Him. They let him. <laughs> yeah, he's like, sue me, you fucking nerds uh marvel voices of pride number one i guess they're finally doing their pride story which man i hope i hope it's better than their one last year because man once again i think dc ate their fucking lunch when it came to pride offerings mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not only did you get a great collection but you got like four other new minis yep uh punisher war journal blitz this is like a little side story Ooh. there for punisher leader of the hand i cannot believe this is getting tie-ins but it is yeah okay uh, Earth Prime, number six, Heroes Twilight. We got Magog nice. there sitting on the throne. Yeah, that'll be the last issue. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Miles Morales and Moon Girl, number one. Is that a thing? I guess it is. Okay. <laughs> I guess that's a thing. Aquaman and the Flash, Void Song. Yeah, they're getting oh, it. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've been waiting for that. Oh, here we go. Milestones in History. Yes, this comes out this week. This is what I was talking about. They're like Black History Month thing. Nice. But it's more than that because it's like black history through the lens of Maza. I don't actually know what it is. It looks experimental, and I might have to check it out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's it, everyone. So yeah, goddamn, this is another big week. We had we, we had it easy, Matt. We had it fucking easy this week <laughs> with everything we're talking about. Now we get to do it all over again. Yeah. Also, hey, pick up uh, Best Archie Comic Ever from a uh, new friend to the show there, Ruben Nahara. Thank you, everyone, who watched that interview. I know when I put up something with Archie, it's like, oh, you know, this one could go either way. But everyone who did listen to it really seemed to enjoy it. Nice. Awesome. So that's good. So thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. As always, we have a lot of fun entertaining you. And we'll be back again next week to do the same thing. Maybe it'll be Saturday. Maybe it'll be Sunday. We don't know. We'll be sure to try and let you know on Twitter, which is why you should follow Matt and I on Twitter so you always know what's happening. Definitely. Oh, Juneteenth, Functorial says. It's a Juneteenth special. Yep, that oh, okay, checks. Yep. Derp, I'm fucking dumb. Yeah, of course it's a Juneteenth special. Why wouldn't it be? Good timing. Uh, all right, then, everyone. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. See ya.